Welcome to today's Amunah Minute. Yesterday, on the second day of Shavuos, we had the incredible opportunity to read Megillas Rus. And in the third chapter, we're told of the daring plan that Naomi creates for Rus, encouraging Rus to sneak into the granary in the dead of night to lay down by Boaz's feet, remove his shoes, and Naomi tells Rus, you'll see how the rest of the plan plays out from there. Boaz, of course, is startled, not knowing who is in the granary with him. Rus identifies herself and then tells Boaz that he's the closest, or at least she thought he was the closest surviving relative. And there's an obligation of redemption. There's an obligation he has to look out for Rus, to look out for the family, and to provide her with some level of future security. And Boaz says something amazing. Boaz says, this is in chapter 3, verse 11. Paragimel, Pasek Altiri. He calls her my daughter, speaking to her almost like in a paternalistic way. My daughter, do not be afraid. Whatever you need me to do, I will do. For everyone knows that you're an Eishes Chayil. Everyone knows that you are a woman of valor, a righteous woman. And it struck me as such a profound idea. Here Boaz is telling Rus, everyone knows you're so righteous. Everyone knows you're so special. And yet remember, dear friends, Rus comes back with her broken mother-in-law, with Naomi, a woman who doesn't even want to be called Naomi, she wants to be called Mara. And how does Rus survive? And how does she provide for herself and provide for her mother-in-law? They're beggars. They're beggars. It happens to be that Rus found a patron in Boaz. So Boaz says to her, don't glean anywhere else, but come and glean by me. But remember, even Boaz, Boaz doesn't go ahead and say, you know what, Rus, this is beneath you. I'll bring the food to you. Doesn't say that. Rus is a beggar. And each and every day, however often she needed to, she came to the field and she gleaned along with all of the other beggars. Perhaps she got a little bit of preferential treatment. Perhaps she was a step above the rest of the paupers. But she was on this lowest rung of society. She was, those, she, was, she was with those who were destitute, those who had absolutely nothing. And the truth is, even when you read the Megillah, it doesn't really appear that anyone extended a helping hand. It doesn't feel like anyone knocked on the door and said, Rus, Naomi, what can we do to help? These two men were added alone. They were added alone. And yet here, Boaz says, everyone knows you're an Asha Chayel. And it struck me that maybe everyone knew it, but did anyone ever say it to Rus? Did anyone ever go over to her and say, Rus, you're a really exceptional young woman that you've dedicated your life to taking care of your ailing, old, elderly, broken mother-in-law. You're incredible. You gave up a life of royalty. You gave up a life of so many material trappings to come, to be part of Am Yisrael, to be part of the chosen nation, even though you don't know exactly what your place in this nation is going to be. Did anyone ever say it? Did anyone ever articulate it? So Boaz says, everyone knows you're an Eish Yisrael. But I wondered when reading this passage, did anyone ever say it? And it struck me that how often in our life relationships do we encounter the same dynamic. You see, sometimes when you love someone, you assume that they know how you feel about them. And therefore you feel, you think to yourself, there's no need for me to articulate it. They know how I feel. My wife knows I love her, so why do I have to say it? My kids know that I'm proud of them, so why do I have to articulate it? My friends know that I value them, so why the need to express it? 
But the Megillah teaches us that there's nothing further from the truth, even if someone knows it. There's such a huge divide between knowing something and hearing something. You know, when you tell someone that you love them or you care about them, no one ever says, oh, stop it, please, please, it's a, don't, don't tell me. I, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't need it. I don't need it. And even if they say they don't need it, everyone needs it. Because who doesn't want to hear that someone else loves them? Who doesn't want to hear that someone else cares? Who doesn't want to hear that I matter to someone? We all want to hear it. Part of the tragedy of the story of Rus is that she was held in such high esteem. But we as the readers are left to wonder, did anyone ever communicate that to her? Before this fateful night, in the midst of the blackness, the darkness and the greenery, when Boaz says to Rus, you're such an Aishas Chayo. I think these were the first time she ever heard these words. This was the first time. No one ever said it. Boaz was the first. Everybody maybe was thinking it. But Boaz was the first to say it. We have to be so careful in our relationships to articulate how we feel about our loved ones. Pick up the phone in the middle of the day. Call your spouse. Tell them you love them. Take the time to acknowledge how proud you are of your children, not when they do well on a test, or not when they miss a or not when they hit a home run. Those are obvious times to express parental nachos, but when they're not doing anything all that remarkable, or maybe even in the midst of something unremarkable, take the time to express the fact that I love you and I'm proud of you. And how often do we take our friends for granted? You know what it means to have a friend like Choni said in Gemar Mesechastainis, Ochavusa Omitusa. What is a life without friends? What is a life without friends? Do your friends know that you truly value them? Don't rely on the important people in your life just to simply know how you feel about them. But make it a point to make it known. Make it a point to articulate, I love you. I care about you. You matter to me. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.